people won't believe you if you're not real. When the real judgment of God comes upon this world and God gives us warning after warning and you try to share with your loved ones and friends about heaven and about salvation and all these things, if you are not right before God, they will laugh at you. They won't believe you like Lot. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, as we continue our study of life lessons from biblical believers, we're glad you've joined us. Roll will explore the cautionary account of one man's slow but steady spiritual compromise, assuring us that the danger of stagnating in our relationship with God is very real, especially in seasons of comfort. Stay with us for a challenge to hold fast to your faith and maintain a godly witness for a watching world. Let's join Raul Reese now in Genesis chapter 19. When you think of the church in the United States, the church in Europe, the church in the South Pacific, and then, of course, the church in China is just amazing what's happening right now. When you go to China, there are three self-churches. The church is controlled by the government. The Catholic church, Protestant church. And any church is controlled by the government. And what they do is they hire the pastors to go ahead and teach the people what the government gives you to teach. It's not like here. And when I went to China, I was really amazed to visit the three self church. And then I was able to go out and meet the underground church. And today the underground church has grown to 500 million. 500 million. The underground church. And the question was asked to the Chinese government, why do you think that the Chinese church is growing so rapidly and so much? And it was all because of persecution. The way they're being treated. When there are times of prosperity, times that are good, people seem to get comfortable. Very comfortable. And one of the things about America, America has had everything. We lead the nation with so many things. And the world watches over us and copies what we do. And at the same time, they hate us. But we are a leading nation to the world in setting not only the dress code and movies and entertainment and music and so many, so many things. And at the same time, The nation forgets that one day God is going to judge the nations of the world. And God is going to judge people. And one of the things that is on my heart this morning, that as God not only has done so much this past year, and what He expects to do this present year, I'm always falling back because we really don't know how long we have left before the Lord returns. And yet we understand that as the Lord gets ready to come back, that the things in the church and things in the world are going to intensify. Like the earthquakes and the famines and the pestilence and tornadoes. And I mean, just everything you can think about is going to really get worse. 
They're predicting, they're talking to us in California that there's a major earthquake coming. And a huge tidal wave coming in our own coast all the way up to Washington is going to really hit Seattle really big time. It's just a matter of time. And they said that millions will die. Millions will die. Traffic jams will be nothing compared to that time when freeways collapse. No water and gas and all these things that will be taking place. And those are times when tragedy comes that people begin to get close to the heart of God. They begin to call upon God. But then when things get better, people forget about God. And they get distant from God. That was the history of the nation of Israel too. And one of the things that I am concerned about is that the actual time that we're living in and the times that the church is living under, that at the same time the church today has been lingering. Lingering today. People linger. To me it's amazing that people can think that they're going to heaven while they're living a life of willful sin against God uh, through drunkenness and fornication, adultery. I mean, husbands leaving their wives and getting somebody else as a spouse and think that God says it's okay. And the young people can have sexual contact before marriage and think that it's okay. And yet the Bible is very clear to the standards that God has given to us how we need to live. And you say, well, how does that happen when people know the Lord? They say they know the Lord. And how can they live lives of carnality and live like the world and yet say they're not of the world? You see? This is a problem today that they're studying in the seminaries. Because there seems to be a mixed multitude in the church today. They say they're Christians, but when you look at their lives and the style of life they live, you can't really tell what the Bible says. There was a young man in the Bible by the name of Lot, and his uncle was Abraham. And what's really interesting about this story, you've heard it over and over time, and it's just interesting that Lot... Not only lost his father and mother, but Abraham took upon himself to raise him up. And when Lot began to look at the land, he looked to the east, he looked to the west, he looked south, he looked north. And then when he looked at Sodom and Gomorrah, he was so attracted by Sodom and Gomorrah that he told his uncle Abraham, I'll take that area. That's a beautiful watered area. I'll take that. And Abraham didn't discuss anything. Just go ahead and take it. He took it. But to me, it's amazing that when Abraham gave him the opportunity, you could actually see his spirituality. He was tested. Abraham waited on God. Lot was greedy. Lot was carnal. Lot was looking to the world and the things of the world. And when he saw the glitter in the world, he said, you know what? I guess I'll take that area. That's a beautiful area. It's not really desolate. And there's a lot of people that are like Lot because in his first step to backsliding is that he was a man of sight. He liked the world the way it looked. 
Sometimes when I was flying into Central America, into South America, we were coming down in this big city, and you can see all the lights, beautiful lights, different colors. And the Lord reminded me, He says, doesn't it look beautiful when you're on top of the airplane looking down, you see all these glittering lights, so beautiful, so wonderful, all the colors, but yet below those lights, there is so many people in bondage and sin, and some are even dying. And that's true. Everything looks good from the air. But when you get into the ground, and you get involved in society and in the world, you begin to see how cruel the world is. And how life is cruel. But Lot, taking his wife, taking his daughters, and then go ahead and moved over in chapter 13 of the book of Genesis, it tells us, That he, when he looked up, he saw the beautiful world and he said, man, that's where I want to live. I want to live right inside of the world. In chapter 13, 10, he said, and Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw the plains of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go towards Sora. And let me say to this, that the type of Egypt is the type of the world, always in Scripture. I've been to Egypt many times. Egypt is beautiful. The pyramids are beautiful. Petra is beautiful. Even though it's in the desert. And yet we are attracted to the things of the world. We are attracted not only to the things of the world, but the things of the world seem to possess us. And to slaughter us. And to bring us down to the level of the world. When the standard is the Bible and the standard is God, you see, to the church, to the Christian. And many times as people do compromise and people like Lot begin to linger when God is speaking, the first thing is backsliding for Lot is that he became a man who kept his eyes constantly in the world. He was attracted by the world. And yet the Bible tells us not to love the world because we're not of the world, even though we live here. The second step that Lot took upon himself is that he, in chapter 13, verse 12, after he looked at the world and he moved out, he went close enough to the world, but still far enough away from the world where he could actually walk into the world every day and be part of the world and then go back home. Being infected by the world. And as he looked at this whole side of the world, he was just really zooming in. And he, man, every day he come out of the world, he go, man, it is awesome there. I can't believe it. It says this in chapter 13, verse 12. And Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and he pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. You see, he didn't have to pitch his tent as close as he could to the world. But he did. And the reason he did that is because, first of all, his eyes was on the world. And secondly, what happened here is the love of the world began to overtake his life. And his wife and his children coming in and out of the world. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're here to help guard your heart and ground your life in the unchanging truth of God's Word. 
Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. You can also download our free app for access to a wealth of resources. Now let's continue with more of today's lesson, Lot, a man who lingered. The third thing that happened to him is that as God was speaking to him, because at, at the same time when in Genesis chapter 19, when he was there in Sodom and Gomorrah, God had been dealing with Abraham, and Abraham was interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah, and Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, and two other angels were sent to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy it, because God already had heard, had seen the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah. The noise of Sodom and Gomorrah had come before the throne of God. And God said, enough is enough. I'm going to destroy it. And when the angels came, immediately Lot stood up and greeted them and said, Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Why don't you just come to my house and come and stay and I'll fix you dinner and tomorrow you can go on your ways. Trying to appease them. He knew what was happening. Trying to appease them. Lot lingering. Instead of being excited and saying, Whoa, man, the judgment of God is coming and, and I need to tell everybody. He didn't even tell anybody. He tried to appease the angels. In chapter 19, verse 1, we see that here his third step is to join the world. First of all, he put his eyes on the world. He loved the world. Thirdly, he joined the world. Verse 1, And the two angels came to Sodom in evening. And Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. And when Lot saw them, he rose up to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Notice that Lot, when he saw them, bowed in respect. But at the same time, where was he sitting? He had moved now into Sodom and Gomorrah. He was a judge at the city gates. You see? A judge. Working, dealing, playing among the Sodomites. And yet wasn't bothered by it at all. Lingering in his relationship with God. Thinking he had a lot of time. Thinking, hey, God won't do anything about this. That's the way a lot of people think. But then as the angels were in his house, remember the story that he had a knock on the door? And when he opened the door, there were these old men and young men outside. Homosexual community came. And they said, hey, we saw those nice looking young men that went into your house. Why don't you go ahead and bring them out so that we can know them sexually? And Lot said, hey, wait a minute. They're in my house. And I'm protecting them in my house. But I'll tell you what. I'll give you two daughters of mine that are virgins and they're beautiful. And you can have them. And you can do whatever you want with them. How tragic. When parents sacrifice their children to the world. But it happens. Happens all the time. The parents are supposed to be the example to the children. The parents are supposed to protect the children. You see? But Lot was so far gone in the world that he had no discernment, no conviction. 
And he was willing to put his daughters out to the homosexuals. And when the angels heard that, they opened the door and they grabbed them by the collar and pulled them inside and blinded the homosexuals and shut the door. And the homosexual community was so aggressive and so blind that even in their blindness, they tried to break into the house. Sounds like today. One of the great steps of God's judgment is when the homosexual community becomes politically and at the same time aggressive and all these things, the judgment of God is on its way. It's on its way. But we see the gradual steps that people take in the church, like Lot. By getting their eyes in the world and then settling far enough from the world and eventually living in the world. And then when you're in the world and the judgment of God is going to come, the angels told him, do you have any family here? Go tell them, lest we destroy them here too. So what did Lot do? He went out and started evangelizing. And he went to his son-in-laws and said, hey, you guys, guess what? God's going to destroy You need to get out of here. And the Bible says, here we see in the fourth step, that man who lost his testimony in the world was Lot. Because he said, so Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws, and who were married to his daughters, and said, get thee out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But his son-in-law, he seemed to be joking. They didn't even believe him. People won't believe you if you're not real. You see? When the real judgment of God comes upon this world and God gives us warning after warning and you try to share with your loved ones and friends about heaven and about salvation and all these things, if you are not right before God, they will laugh at you. They won't believe you like Lot. Very important to be careful. And once Lot was not believable, He blew his witness. His fifth step was that he married into the world once and for all. In verse 33 it says, And so they made their father. And what's happening here now is that they're on their way out. And what is Lot doing? He's lingering. And the angel said, You better get out or the fire is coming. We can't do anything until you're out of here. And so he grabbed his wife and his children. And they were literally running out to a little city called Soar which means little in the Hebrew. And on their way out, here is they're running for their lives. And your Lot's wife, she's running along, and all of a sudden she stops on the trail. And she turns around, and Lot says, Honey, where are you going? And she didn't even listen to him. She just started going back into the world. She was so attracted, so into the world, that as she started going back, God struck her in judgment and made her into a pillar of salt. And then the most saddest thing in the story Once Lot lost his wife, his daughters went up into the city and they thought, the oldest and the youngest, they said, you know what? We need to get our dead drunk because we're childless and we need to have children that will use our father. And they seduced the father by getting him drunk. And then the oldest one went in. She lay with her father. She got pregnant. The younger one, the next day, she got pregnant. And they had two children, the Moabites and the Ammonites, which were cursed by God. Sad. You see the digression of being backsliding? And yet, 
To me, it's amazing how people don't learn from history. We watch what's happening in the world today. We see what's happening. We realize in the whole summary of this lesson that first of all, Lot was a religious man among the wicked, but he didn't really have a personal relationship with God. He was religious. Like so many people today. They're religious people. They don't really have a full commitment to Jesus Christ. They've never truly been born again of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, he was a wor- he made worldly choices that cost him dearly. Cost him dearly when he made these choices in his life. And thirdly, he associated with evil men that were enemies of God. And he knew it, that these Sodomites were enemies of God. And yet every day he judged at their gates. He lived among them. He played among them. He ate with them. When God says not to be unequally yoked together with any non-believer. Yeah, you have to work with them. You can be with them, but you don't partake of their sin. You see? We need to win them to Christ. That's our duty. To win people to Christ. To be a light, to be salt. In a dark world. And then what I see here is not only the associate with evil men that were enemies of God, but fourthly, he narrowly escapes from destruction because of his lingering. He barely made it out. Barely made it out. When the judgment of God came. And guess what? As he lingered and barely made it out, the fifth thing that happened here, he lost his property. He lost his wife. He lost his reputation. He lost his integrity. And he lost his witness for God. Imagine that. Because he was so carnal. Nobody believed him. Nobody believed him. And then he was brought to shame. When his daughters came in and laid with him. And then finally he was cursed. By having the Moabites and the Ammonites. And yet in this curse over the generation. As God was looking for a seed. To bring his son. Remember the book of Ruth. The little book of Ruth four chapters. Ruth was a Moabitess, and she became the grandmother of David, the king of Israel. This is where God stepped in through his grace and love and mercy and broke the curse. Interesting, because God loves us. Well, if you're enjoying seasons of relative comfort... We hope today you'll stay alert to the vulnerability of spiritual compromise. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's lesson, Lot, a man who lingered in its complete form, we'll send it to you for a donation of $5 or more. Just call us at 800-634-9165. Now, we'd also like to equip you with Raul's entire series titled Men of the Bible. It's a 20-part study that's available on both CD and a flash drive, making it ultra-convenient for you to immerse yourself in the instructive testimonies of biblical believers. As you reflect on the life choices of men like Daniel, Peter, and many others, you'll see how their undivided devotion paved the way for God to use them in extraordinary ways. 
Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' Men of the Bible series. We'll send you this 20-part study on CD for a gift of $26 or $21 for the USB drive. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your partnership helps us keep sharing the Bible's wisdom, and every gift is tax-deductible. Join us next time for our continued focus on the faith journeys of biblical believers. Contemplating the prophet Jonah's survival after three days in a whale, you'll see how Jesus' resurrection after three days in a grave can transform your life now and for all eternity. Here's Raul with a closing prayer. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord God, to thank you so much for your love, for your grace, for your mercies. And Lord God, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit now as we're going to partake of communion. That Lord, you would touch our hearts and touch our minds and that you would just really deal with each one of us individually. If there's anybody among us today in the fellowship all here in the sanctuary that is not a Christian, there's only one way, there's only one true relationship and that's through Jesus Christ our Lord. No other religion. It's of no value. You have to be born into the kingdom of God. Born again of the Holy Spirit. And how do you do that? You come along and you check out your life. That you have sinned against God. So you repent of your sins. And you confess them. And then by faith you receive Christ. And He forgives you and He cleanses you and washes you by His blood. He writes your name in the book of life. And He gives you the guarantee of eternal life. That you can become a Christian, a child of the light. I am falling in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.